Hello and welcome back to From 350 to A0, where we slow down a little and just have a little chat. Hey guys and welcome back to part 2 of the so-called series with Ryan and Aki. And if you haven't listened to part 1 of this quote-unquote series, go and listen to it because this episode will not make any sense like any sense at all so please do that first and then come back if you still want to but if you already did listen to part one and you're tuning in to find out more i hope you enjoy back to my point back in spain i don't remember which year formula one was testing and suddenly fernando Alonso's car i think he was driving mclaren 215 i think yeah and then no videos were released, nothing was released. All we knew is that Fernando Alonso crashed. We, pro- we were provided one picture, he was rushed to the hospital, and then suddenly, somehow, he forgot 20 years of his memory. He woke up and he said, I am Fernando Alonso, I am 13 years old, and I want to be an F1 champion. If the FIA was so secretive about such a detail that would be a big deal, they're gonna be obviously secretive on where they go with the money they make from penalties. Wait, wait, wait. Really? Actually, this happened? I've, it was actually true. Like, he's, like, he lost, like, 20 years of the time. Again, do your own research. I don't want to be held accountable for anything I say, but I think I might, I might be correct. I think it's 90% accurate. I think, I mean, you're, you are probably right with the information that you have because mm-hmm. there were a lot of, like, articles about it. It's the fact that we still don't know if it, if that's what actually happened because they were saying that it was gusts of wind which caused Alonso's crash, but there were... There were Fernando also... replied to that. He said no gust of wind could yeah. send yeah, the Formula yeah, yeah. 1 car to the barrier this aggressively. Yeah. And there were also rumors of... And I think Fernando also said it, that it was a electrical shock of some sort. Yes, that he did actually... say that. Yeah, that actually electrocuted him, and that's why he crashed. Mm-hmm. But that that information was really quickly, I think, removed from. He was like Alonso was silenced. That's what happened. Yeah, he was. He really was, and like we still don't know what actually happened that year with the car and like everything. Get your conspiracy hats on, but the yeah, FIA foil hats. <laughs> yeah, the tinfoil hats. See, see, this, get, this might get me cancelled, but the FIA does a lot of stuff okay. that if people would know, uh, people would know, would probably like not allow the FIA or like the fans would not allow the FIA to host, not host, but like govern their races. So like they would probably look for a substitute other than the FIA. So that's why they hide everything. I do agree with you because we don't know what happens behind closed doors. We definitely yeah. don't. It's also that they have this power to not uh, give us information and then like how are we going to throw off the governing part of the sport, which is FIA. We're not capable of doing that. It is impossible unless, see, with the likes of FIA, even if you were like to start something that is even better than FIA, FIA has existed for maybe 100 years. So people would stick with the FIA despite you being having a better government for example let's say f1 because 
FIA is such an iconic name, it's integrated into every motorsport event. So pretty much it's impossible to place them. But what we can do is have a change in policy, which I don't think will happen. It won't, it won't. It's going to be very hard. It's going to be very challenging in order to change the policy. It will be. And, yeah. you know, they may, they may, some people might come to you. They may appear like normal people, but some people are actually paid to change your opinion about stuff. Yeah. So be careful what you say online, kids. It's like the same thing with Ferrari, why they're still in the sport. Like, they're so iconic. Exactly. Like, till we can get rid of them because they're start they they literally participated in every race since what the 1949s or 50s yeah 50s so that's why we still can't get rid of them and they're not going anywhere no simply as Vettel said everyone's Ferrari fun yeah if you get rid of Ferrari you get rid of the solo Formula One despite them being absolute dumbasses and fuckfaces with strategies if they put this five year old kid They'd probably do a better strategy, but you know, it is what it is. We love Ferrari, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, 30, it's true. Yeah, everyone's Ferrari. 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 told us that if you, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. If yeah. you train a monkey train and you monkey. put it in a car, it's gonna know how to drive the car. <laughs> the whole history of Ferrari put into he's, a few he's sentences. One of, yeah. He's one of my inspiration, Nicky Lauda. He had like, he if I look up to him, if I want to race, like. Obviously, inspiration is Lewis Hamilton. My inspiration is Lewis Hamilton. But, like, Nicky Lauda had a different aspect to the sport. Even um, Senna, even Schumacher. Like, the legends See? had... Yeah, like, they had a different aspect to the sport. And they definitely changed how the sport throughout. So, they, they had a huge impact. But the thing about Nicky Lauda is... Nicky Lauda was the only driver able to change the Ferrari policy. He was the only driver brave enough... To go to the boss at Ferrari at the time and tell them the car was shit. Literally, he told it was a shit box. Wait, wasn't Schumacher also doing that? I don't remember. Correct, I don't remember. I didn't watch any Schumacher clips, unfortunately, because I don't really go that. I don't really go to like uh, 80s, 2010s. You know, I. I mean. Me yeah. neither, but like I watched the documentary of Schumacher and he was like staying up late with the mecha- mechanics and fixing the car by himself with the mecha- mechanics and like saying that the car is shit also and it needs fixing. The Schumacher documentary series was, I'm not, I was not a big fan of it after I watched it. I see the thing about Nicolada too is he was the, he was one of the only drivers. I'm not sure if he's the only one, but. He also helped develop the car because he was literally quite a mastermind in setting up a car. And even Mercedes hired him to like set yeah. up their cars. And that's why Mercedes have seven champion, eight championships. I mean, honestly, it's probably Nicky Lauda. Then the second best thing after him is Adrian Newey. Yeah, exactly. Nicky okay. Lauda was a mastermind at making yeah. cars fast. Yes. Okay, but I think it's time we get to the like actual race of Miami because we've been talking nonsense—not nonsense, but like non-stop. a lot of yeah, nonstop. See, I'll give my honest—I'll uh, give my honest interpretation of the race in Miami. Absolute dog shit. Nothing happened. It's the usual. Formula One is boring as it stands. Cars, because... cars just going around circles at this yeah, point. Yeah, Max Verstappen overtook everyone, and then basically that's it. Nothing happened. 
you know what? I That's was a waiting. typical story. That's a typical storyline. Max Verstappen coming. If he even starts a P twelve, he starts a P. He gets into P one some sort. Uh, even we saw that even uh, in um, uh, Australia, I think. You know, I was very happy Verstappen was starting P fourteen. I was like, okay, finally he's not. And then he wins the race. Yeah, and then he wins the race again. I'm like, what is this? Like, it's literally the like the recap and recap. It's I genuinely believe. I genuinely hold on. To make F1 fun again, they should make both Red Bulls start 10 positions back. Like no, a they reverse should, they should swap, or something? They should, no, no, should like, swap, they should swap Verstappen or Perez um, and put Daniel Ricciardo. No, actually, I was about to get to this. The reason Perez did not fight it so long with Verstappen because if he did, Ricciardo would have been in that seat the next race. I'm very positive of that. But Red Bull tell us that basically, no, there's no way that Ricardo is coming back. No, no, because if Perez misbehaves, they're going to replace him with Ricardo. That's what happens. But, like, okay, that's Red Bull's perspective. But looking from Ricardo's, does he want to be a second driver again? That's because that's why he ran away from Red Bull in the first place. Yes, but with Red Bull being so dominant, yeah, I don't know. He might want to be in Red Bull, you know? It's better than being... I don't know, P17 in the McLaren. Or in the Haas. Or in the Haas, yeah. yeah. So, like, I think Danny Ricardo would be happy to once again partner with Max, literally the best Formula One couple. So, I think, I'm not sure, but I think he would be very happy to be back. I would probably, like, yeah, true. true. Okay, okay, but wait. I I knew that you guys were going to say that the race was going to be off absolute dog shit. Like I nothing had a... happened. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Happened. I mean, nothing not happened. Real. On paper, on paper, there were a few overtakes and stuff like that. We had some, I don't know, some fights between uh, Haas and a Ferrari. That was a thing. Like Leclerc was fighting with Magnussen, and like, what the hell is that about? Since See, when I are mean, fast, fast enough? Haas is just a white Ferrari. I mean, yeah, they, they do have a Ferrari engine. And they, they are a white are... Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but they the are white Ferrari. The thing about Haas is they actually have better strategies than Ferrari. So if Haas is overtaking Ferrari, I would not be surprised. I mean, yeah, they were. They were trading places with Magnussen and... Leclerc, they both were trading places, like, and then Leclerc decide actually managed to pull off pull off a move on Magnussen and overtake him. Yeah, yeah. In the, the end, the only thing the only thing that just sads me, you know, like literally so saddening is like very disappointing is Mick Schumacher. Do you guys think he deserves a seat? Or my opinion, it's, it's a really it's, controversial question. Really controversial question, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, do, do, do you think he deserves? Because I would say he does, but no. it's like you know, like he he deserves a full time seat, but like not in Mercedes. I don't know. I don't think so. No, no, because look, like if you're bad, you're replaced. No matter what sport you're in, if you're bad, you're you're replaced immediately. Mick Schumacher was put against too much pressure in the house, which was pretty much a horrible car. Yeah. So that's why I think he did not do good, but again. You can't blame him for basically driving poison and then going to maybe a slightly better car the next year. 
but still he was not doing good compared to Magnussen, despite the car difference. On paper, which is what most people look at, Mick Schumacher was bad. As you said before, he was put under a lot of pressure, which is true, because like mm-hmm. he he crashed like a few times, more than a few times, and has couldn't like they couldn't afford that. He couldn't they couldn't afford a driver who crashes like every second and every third race. Yeah, and even if Haas wanted to keep if Haas wanted to keep Mick, they needed yeah. Mazepian's funding, you know, Nikita. Yeah. Because basically half their money came from his father. Yeah. <laughs> Despite this, you might find this controversial, but I was I really liked Nikita because he seemed like a a nice guy that was picked on by everyone. So that's wait. why I liked him. Wait, 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 wait. Is Nikita Mazepin fan club actually real? What the fuck? Well, yes. I'm, I'm not really... I wouldn't say I'm in that club, but... He is the best. What are you guys talking about? Yeah, bro. Nikita Mazepin defended the much more skilled Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Amazing. Like, I, post, I actually I have a video of that. Mazepin, I have no comment. No, there is very controversial um, news coming through. Is that Mazepin is trying to get back into Formula 1. He is. Yeah, because it, it okay. Honestly, in my opinion, he was very bad. He was very bad. But the 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 thing that happened to him and how he got kicked out of F one just he deserves for, another shot. Yeah, like Nikita. Are we talking about the same Nikita? Does yes, Nikita yes. deserve another shot? Are you for real now? No, no, because no, like not, listen, he doesn't deserve he another shot. But but like he just he doesn't deserve another shot. But like I'm, it's very unfair what happened to him. Like, Nikita was horrible, but, 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 listen, listen, here we are. No, just, because, just because of the war and he's Russian, it doesn't mean that he has, it's just because of the fans' perspective, it doesn't mean that he gets kicked out. He's not part of them. He's not supporting anyone. And he's not trying to spread a bad message. Why I think Nikita deserves another shot in F1 was because a lot of his money was stolen by Haas. It's completely unfair. That's why he deserves another shot, despite him being completely shit. I mean, come on. You can't His money got stolen. Off. Come on. How? Like, you know that there goes a lot of, like, contracts and stuff like that. There, It can't be like, oh, I'm gonna just steal your money. No, that's not how it goes. No, because Haas did not abide by the contract. And they took off the, what was it? The Russian sponsor. They took it off and they took all the money. That's what happened. Yeah, that's, that's very unfair. That's very, that's very, very unfair. I think in total, maybe hundred something million was invested in Haas, but then again, sponsor was taken off. So unfair. I mean, but they still were driving with the whole liveries of. We're talking about the Ural Kali. Yeah, Ural Kali. Yeah, uh, they still had deliveries and everything. They were still like the sponsor's name was in Formula One. No, no, no. After when the war started, the sponsor was immediately taken off. And we, oh, when the, the war when the war started, yes, yes. because the sponsor was in uh, uh, the sponsors were involved with the whole war thing, and they were yeah, like they were supporting. Let us not get into that. Yeah. Let's not get into that topic because if I open my mouth, I will say a lot of stuff that he will. No, bro, you, we we will be t- we will be here till. I will morning. say a lot of controversial stuff, and we will no, stay because, here tomorrow. No, because I will say a lot of controversial stuff, and yeah. we'll probably going to be arguing till 11 or something exactly this is an yeah. F1 podcast and it's not yeah. a political podcast 
yeah let's, yeah. let's not get let's, let's not get into war. real politics yeah let's not get into real politics let's try to continue with f1 let's try to forget about this okay and, miami uh, once yeah. again going back to miami dog shit over race yes boring right yes yeah but then like as i said before i knew that you were guys going to say that then if is the sprint then any better no no because like the whole the whole point of the sprint is like it's going to be more entertaining for the fa- for the fans, right? It's gonna be more entertaining for the smooth brains that do not have the capacity to intercept okay. what the strategy is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. She likes that. She likes that. Then, what is Formula One supposed to do when we're complaining about the sprints? When we're complaining about normal races, what what are they supposed to do then? See, this is going to be controversial, but again, Red Bull is so fast to the point where you could start them from the back of the grid and they would still yeah. finish on podiums. So yeah, I think it would be completely fair to give... Well, it wouldn't be fair, but it would be very entertaining to give Max Verstappen a 15-grid penalty, 15-place grid penalty all the time, and Checo Paris a 10-place grid penalty. That would be pretty much very entertaining, and so it would give an equal fight for everyone. <laughs> well, like we saw, well, like we saw in Miami, how how fast they are. Would it make any difference? Because then, oh, okay, maybe. I just I just thought about it for a little longer, and I thought maybe we would get to see George Russell fighting with Max once again. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Because then Max has to fight every driver to go to the front, and then. The drivers, you know, the driver have a group chat. So maybe Alonso wants to win. So he does every driver that's in front of Max to heavily defend them. And like, you know, they would because everyone hates Max winning. But like this time in Miami, we didn't even get to see like the whole defending thing because they knew that they were going to be overtaking Then Why risk it? And then why defend? Yes, when but... you know that Max is too fast is, and is, is, no, is, isn't it pointless? From a racing driver perspective, I'm a racing, I'm a sim racer currently because I'm, yeah. I'm switching between karting and racing. I would okay. much rather team up with my enemy to against the guy who's always winning than fight with all that. So like, I could be fighting with Ryan, but then I'll tell him, you know, let's let's not make this guy win. So we will both have it in front of him. Okay, makes sense. Makes so that all... would happen, and basically everyone will pick on Max Verstappen. That would be super, super entertaining. I mean, honestly, I'm agreeing with you, but at the same time, I'm not because I still think it's, it's pointless. Like, I still think it would be pointless with how fast the Red Bulls are. And, like, you can't defend for too long because tire degradation and stuff like that. You, know? you also cannot attack for too long. Yeah. You're... If you're defending, it's much easier to save your tires than if you're attacking. So, Verstappen and Paris would have it very hard with tires. But again, but like you know, you yeah. know how how you know the whole term of Mad Max, right? Yep. He's yeah. not just going to be behind. I know, but like you know, a little bit more entertainment is better than not switching on the TV and going to sleep. Probably, yeah, because I was definitely napping throughout the whole race in Miami. Like at this point, at this point, I just, you know, oh, Formula is here. Let me just open the app, you know. Oh, Max Verstappen P10. Give him two laps. He's going to be P1. 
about right when it was, I think, 10 laps, which is still, what the hell? Yeah. How? Simply, oh. Adrian Newey did his magic. You know, the fact that the man draws the whole design and calculates it on paper by hand. Yeah. That's, that's mind-blowing, honestly. It's called experience. Yeah. Because, like, I could see what happens with Adrian Newey. Because, like, if you, like, you know, you could, like, imagine the air. Because, like, your imagination is probably better than any computer. You can, like, imagine manipulating the air. If you want to manipulate the air on a computer, it would take much longer than if you thought of it. So, like, you can imagine how you're going to manipulate the air to give you the damp force, damp force, and then you can try it on a computer. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, you imagine again. So that's what I think New is doing. Yeah, probably. Anyways, what else? I'm looking at my notes, and I'm honestly not finding anything interesting about the race because there was... Oh, Carlos got the five-second penalty for speeding in the pit lane, which was... Uh, basic Ferrari mishaps, simply. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Alonso decided to be a troll, and he said that the race was so lonely that he decided to watch Stroll overtaking on the big screens around the track. <laughs> I mean... He, he actually went into the team's radio and said, oh, who was Stroll overtaking? Because it was a nice move. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, again, once if you're driving and you're in the car, time feels so slow, especially when you're lonely. And again, like, if you're not fighting, if you're just racing, and like, you know, doing lap by lap, you literally just look at anything else, because literally, you can close your eye and, like, kind of imagine the circuit. So you don't have to even look to drive. I mean, yeah, and considering that they're F1 drivers, they, they've been racing on the tracks for I don't know how many years, they could probably do it blindfolded. I mean, yeah, I mean, because, no, especially because because you're on the track doing lap after lap, you know the exact condition, and, like, yeah. your brain times every exact movement. When, I, when I'm sim racing, when I do very long races, like, when a race takes more than an hour, literally, I forget what I'm doing. My eye, my vision gets blurry until something started happening. Then when something exciting happens, I'm like, oh, I'm conscious. Like, I can see stuff. <laughs> Just snaps back into reality. Exactly. Yeah. You get, you kind of forget reality once you're, like, racing for more than 40 minutes, let's say. Makes sense. Ryan, does he also do uh, sim racing? Yes, he does, actually. I know. I know he does because I've seen his rig. Okay. Do you actually have a whole like simulator setup in your home? Well, I wouldn't call it an exact perfect simulator, but it gets the job no, done. But, like, parts of it, right? Well, I got the wheel pedals, and that's pretty much all you need. Okay. That's so cool. like, I'm into amateur sim racing, but see, the thing with sim racing is, you could be a really good at sim racing, and that immediately translates to real life. So like. I kind of do sim racing to stay sharp and, you know, when I hop in a real cart, I know what to do. I, like, I know how to feel the pedal and everything. Yeah? I'm thinking, I'm thinking about doing, uh, talking about our predictions and trying to find our predictions. Because I kind of need Ryan to also not be quiet. Seems like he's not here. I bet he's sleeping. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's not. He's probably looking at, he's probably looking at pictures of Lewis Hamilton without a shirt. Uh, he's probably manifesting another he curse. Is. The he Lewis is. Hamilton curse. All right, let me see. 
Ryan, sunshine, wake up. Nah, he's gone for. You, you just wait, sunshine. You just wait. Yeah, you just wait, sunshine. Ah, uh, I absolutely love Vettel. He has a special place in my heart. Honestly, same. Like I, I can't. I, I'm still hurt because of him leaving, and I actually, can't. yeah. And you know what's sad? The last race, like um, the Abu Dhabi race last year, yeah. it was on November 20, and my birthday is November 20. So I was probably the only human to cry on their birthday. You're definitely not the only one who cries on their birthday, but <laughs> I feel separate tired on my birthday. I had the best reason to cry. Honestly, like I was, I was all also bawling my eyes out because, like, come on, at I least. Literally... I literally felt like my heart was torn apart. Like, I was yeah. so sad. Yeah, and like, at least the man would, could be active on social media, but all he does is basically uploads his, like, uh, documentary, let's call it that, like, old pictures from his past and I know. his racing, which are interesting. I'm not saying that they're not, but, like, I He's coming to... back. He's coming I... back. Bro. Don't get me started. I'm so delusional about him coming back. In he is coming back. I am delusional too. I don't care. He's coming back. If it's not in real life, it's in my imagination. He's coming back. If it's if it's in our imaginations, then he's already back. He's already racing. He never like, left, yeah. Yeah, he never left. There's there's still another race to win, so... You know. Yeah, exactly. He said there's still a race to win, so this indicates to me that he's going to come back to at least a form of racing. It's not F1. I don't know, somewhere where I can see his face and know that he's alive and like doing something. Not just, I don't know, sitting outside with his bees. Yeah, save the bees. He yeah, needs to be back. I don't care. <laughs> I hope so. Everyone misses Seb. Like, literally, everyone was so heartbroken because he left. And yeah. If everyone is a Ferrari fan, then everyone is a Sebastian Vettel fan. You cannot change my mind. Exactly, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. nobody would be sad that Seb won the same way that nobody would be angry that Ferrari won. Yeah. Like, I think Vettel could probably do what Hamilton did to, uh, to Verstappen and Silverstone. Like, you know, when he hit him and he crashed him out. Yeah. And then people would still support Vettel because it's Vettel. Everyone loves Vettel. I mean, and honestly, probably Seb would find a way to, like, justify his actions. He would probably, like do something in the way that it makes Max look guilty. Exactly, because Seb, I think... Because, yeah, you yeah. know, like, all of the accidents, not accidents, but, like, his moves in the pit lane when he crosses the line, overtakes the car and then crosses yeah, the yeah. line just before. Like, he knew what he was doing. Seb is literally an F1 lawyer and a racing driver in the same time. He knows everything. Inspector, racing driver, steward, whatever. Jack of all trades, literally. Like, he has every, every, every... Forgot the word, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he has every, uh, every skill on the planet. Every skill, no, that's not what I wanted to say. But yes, every skill, let's, let's leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every job, yeah, yeah every job exactly. one. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. You could, you could replace the entire FIA by just one Sebastian Vettel. We need to talk about our predictions. So, I do not remember my prediction, but I have it on my phone. So, okay. yeah. The point for the race, I said P1 Max, P2 Checo, P2 Alonso, which I was right. Yes, you were right about that. Because I just knew, even if Max didn't, uh, how to say it, 
back to like my point supports this from before. Even if Max didn't qualify first, um, he would still win, and that's what happened. And like you know, Checo has the second fastest car, so that's what happened too. And then you know, Alonso is just that much better than everyone else, so that's why he's in P3. Yeah. Okay. Then you you had what, as I called it, the disappointment of the family, which was Tsunoda. Yeah, Tsunoda and DeVries going wheel to wheel and crashing one out, which didn't happen, thankfully. Didn't happen, but like DeVries, where he was still, I think he hit somebody. I think he hit somebody throughout the whole race. Wait, I need to hit, actually. Uh, rare tire, I think. Rare tire, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I don't remember. I didn't see it. I didn't saw. Pro- I did not see it. Probably. They didn't actually broadcast that part because I don't know what the whole production of F1 was doing that weekend because there were a lot of accidents that happened, like mm-hmm. a lot of drivers touching each other's cars or like collisions, and they didn't even show that. But yeah, wait. Yeah, I see. Uh, oh, Nor- well, Morris and DeVries, they had a collision. And basically, oh. they were, I think they were investigated, but there was nothing, just a racing incident. Uh, you know... Yeah. Like, I feel so bad for Norris. Anyways, thanks, thanks for letting me in this podcast. I actually gotta go. Uh, I don't want to. You guys carry on. Uh, have fun. Um, All right, Norris, mate. Okay, thank you so much for joining. Okay, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Okay, bye. Okay, back to what I was saying. I feel okay. really bad for Norris because last year he was in a good car and he was doing quite well, but this year their car, the McLaren, is so bad. Like, you genuinely feel bad for Norris. You know what? I do yeah. feel bad for Norris, but at the same time, it's McLaren. Like, yeah. you, you know how badly they were talking about Ricardo? The thing is... The, uh... I know. Wait, let me finish this. Yeah. I, know it's, it, I know it was his fault also. But the fact that they were completely blaming it on him, it what makes me, like... It makes me so mad because now we can tell that it wasn't just Ricardo. It was their car too. No, because the thing is, Norris and Ricardo have two complete different driving styles. Yes. Which is why um, Norris, the car is set up for Norris and not for Ricardo. Once you have the car set up to your style, it's hard to change the setup for Ricardo's style, for example, which is completely opposite. Yeah, and even Red Bull said it this year that basically Ricardo came back with I don't know what he was doing, but they said that uh, basically he learned some stuff how to basically limit himself because he was in a bad McLaren. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. So the difference you know. between uh, Ricardo's uh, yeah Ricardo's tactic and Norris tactic is Norris is he likes the front the car the front he likes the front to be grippy. And the rear yeah. to be a little slippery, so he can like throw the car in. But Ricardo is all focused on the car staying stable and him jumping the brakes. He's always so good in the brakes because the car is usually stable with him. But with the McLaren, he finds that hard. Yeah, but as I said before, I I mean I still do feel bad for Norris, but like I'm still mad because of Ricardo. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because I pre- I tried to predict, but it was a complete shot in the dark. <laughs> I was. I, I was. Your prediction, actually. Yeah. Okay. So I was going uh, quali for pole. Basically, I said Leclerc mm-hmm. because I mean, if he if he didn't crash, I think he might just kind of maybe not pole, but P two maybe because he was he was pretty good. He was 
fast like that weekend, but he decided to crash. You can't but expect too much from Ferrari. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, I can, but I can't. I really can't, but I was trying. <laughs> I, was, I was being delusional anyway. Yeah, exactly. Being that, delusional is fun. Yeah, it is fun. So that didn't work out for me this time. Anyways, so I predicted for the race podium, I predicted P1 for Perez, mm-hmm. P2 Max, and P3 George Russell, which George came in P4. Surprisingly. surprisingly. I mean, no, unsurprisingly. No, I would say it surprisingly. I, actually, yeah, yeah. Because you see Hamilton in P7, you would at least expect Russell to be in P6. Yeah. Oh, I just remembered. Hamilton was told to pass, to let George pass. He let him pass. Yeah. Russell is much faster than Hamilton this year. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is Hamilton is getting too old. I wouldn't say too old, but something's wrong with him. Like, something's not right. And you know the fact that he's talking about the eighth championship? I don't know. He's talking about the eighth, but it seems like he's not fighting for it. Yeah. Kind of. Maybe he's too busy trying to get, trying to understand the car, so they helps he helps the team develop. Because like, maybe Russell is racing the car, but Hamilton could be understanding the car. But you know what? It's yeah. It's like it's like ooh, I don't remember once once again who said it, but basically Hamilton only knows how to drive like a good car. Yeah, that's the thing. Because it was Fernando. It was Fernando who also said Fernando this. said that. Yeah. Fernando yeah. uh, said Hamilton only knows how to start at first. And I think that's completely right because Hamilton has won dominantly within the last six, seven years. Yeah. So, like, he's used to being in the front and he's used to being with no one. So, like, maybe he fights two people at max. But, like, now he's in the back. He doesn't want to take too many risks. So, that's why he's dialing it easier. And, like, also, if you don't trust the car, you can't take risks. Exactly. So it makes sense why he's at the back. And, you know, it's it's definitely, with Russell, it's definitely the same thing with Norris. Norris came into McLaren. It was his first F1 team, that F1 car that he's driving. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with Russell. He came from Williams. A shitty, he had a shitty car, and now he has a good car. Yeah, and the thing is, you can't drive a good car unless you have driven a shitty car fast. Yes, yes, that's 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 what I was trying to say. Yes. So like, once you jump in a faster car, you literally feel like you're unstoppable. That's why yeah. Russell has the confidence and not Hamilton because he has a bigger understanding of what the Mercedes is, and he does not have the. He's not as reckless as Russell. Yes, yes, definitely that. And last but not least, I also predicted the disappointment of the family, which was the Vries. Once again, which was Norris. kind of true, but also not. And uh, one of the Aston Martins, which is also true, but kind of not, because Lance Stroll, he finished out of the points mm-hmm. while Fernando was on the podium. Yep. So I guess it's a disappointment, kind of. Like, I don't know what, what was like what's, what was wrong with Stroll this weekend, but... Yeah. I mean, the last, the first two weekends of the season... Stroll was magnificent, but yeah. I have no idea what happened to him. I mean, then he had the whole accident with his bike. No, Even it happened though... before. It happened before the Bahrain race, so you can't really oh, excuse yeah. it. Yes, yes, yes. But even though he was like he was really good, but then 
somehow maybe it's the setup with the car maybe they changed something i don't know what's happening or maybe the maybe they are they are they are developing the car for alonso because like again they might the... they might be because fernando is definitely the number one driver right exactly now. well you know stroll his father might own the team but again i think even if i were in the team that my father owned my father would develop the car to someone who can drive it better I mean, it like it's common sense. At exactly. Point. As much as you're biased, it's still common sense. Exactly, yeah. And like, usually men, like, some men are delusional, yeah, but usually men don't like to be biased, so they go for the best option and not the one they want. Yeah, it makes sense. But like, at the same time, you're kind of playing into this whole men thing. I'm not even getting, I'm not, wait, I'm wait. not even. Yeah, like, but like, uh, how because what I'm saying is, my mother would choose me over anyone, but my father would choose someone who's better than me. That's the difference. Uh, I'm just saying I that men of... are ruthless. I mean, they are, but like sometimes women can be ruthless the same. But, but most it's of the more... time, most of the time, it's men. It's more like uh, with the example that you're given here. It's basically it's more from the family side. Uh, you can say that, so, yeah. yeah, mothers mothers tend to love their kids more than, let's say, fathers. They tend, I mean, they still do love their kids. Fathers. Yeah, but the they father is more realistic. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying like, I'm not trying to differentiate between a man and a woman. I'm just yes, saying that. Says, I, I, I just don't want us to get canceled. That I, I just don't want you to get. <laughs> Just with the whole thing that's happening within the F1 community, it's honestly horrible. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Oh, the point. Uh, there is one point, like one last point. The okay. protest. The protest. You remember the protest in the Formula E Grand Prix? They were. I absolutely hated them when the environmental protest jumped on the track and tried to glue themselves to the track. Ooh, I, yes, I was. Yes. I was confused for a second. Yes, I do remember that. I saw like it wasn't it wasn't uh, Germany. Formula E, yeah. Yeah, it was in Germany. What the hell was that about? Apparently, they are climate change protests, but I don't see how an electric car could cause pollution. But the reality I mean, yeah, is they the drivers, do. The drivers even said it themselves. Like, come on, it's not it's not the right series. It's not the right category that you're exactly. protesting. It just shows how stupid protesters are. <laughs> sometimes yeah like how delusional they can be because i mean if they were protesting in let's say formula one they can't protest at formula one yes i would get it but not the fact that they jumped on the track and decided yeah, yeah. to put themselves on the track or the billboards or or whatever was it posters yeah but the there thing were... is you know um if you protest at sport see formula one the emissions that Formula One makes is pretty much a drop in a sea. So I don't see how that makes sense. I mean, it's more from the the sport itself, but the whole like uh, the whole transporting cars, transporting That's drivers. That's the thing. People need state. transport. You cannot live without transport. You don't protest here. You protest to the government. It basically makes no sense. I mean, honestly, we're we're once again getting into political like conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we're I not mean, even. I call it F one politics for a reason. Oh yeah, I I I wanted to mention the name of the group chat, and yeah. I, I definitely this is forgot. Why, about this it. is exactly why I call it F one politics because 
It yeah. makes sense now. It definitely does. What happens is in F1 is actually political. A lot of political stuff happens in F1. I sometimes decide to be delusional and blind to it. Yeah, but sometimes like, I'm delusional, but I like to be realistic all the time. Yes, yes, of course. But like sometimes I tend to, like, I'm being honest here, I tend to turn a blind eye because sometimes I just really want to enjoy the sport and I yeah, don't yeah, want to... Exactly. Get- the thing is, I actually don't give a shit what happens, so that's why I don't turn a blind eye. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. That's a different approach, and it makes sense. And yeah. yeah. So, anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Let's wrap it up. This was yeah, F1 I... Politics for you. Thank you yourself for actually joining me and for this, I don't know, two-hour-long podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm so... thinking of like, I'm thinking of staying permanently here. I like it. Honestly, that would be fun if we actually, like, could uh, talk about the races, then about politics. Yes, yes, yes. I, I think I'll make it, like, a weekly thing. It'll be really fun. Okay. Def- okay, I'll note that uh, so I don't forget it because sometimes I tend to forget a lot of things. Anyways, yeah. Once again, thank you so much for joining me and uh, that's it, probably. Yup, 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 that is it for this episode, for this tiny little series with my guests. This two-part two long episode. It was honestly so, so amazing to have these two guys, Ryan and Aki, join me. Like, it was really interesting to talk with them both because I, like, I was so used to being alone and, like, talking with you guys alone. Not with you guys, basically talking with myself with the walls inside my room. But yeah, it was so fun to have them join me. And yeah, once again, thank you so much for Ryan and Aki. And if you want to find them on social media, I'll definitely leave their Instagram accounts in the description of this episode. And Aki also has a YouTube channel where he uploads his karting videos of him racing and he also does some sim racing which you can also find on his youtube channel with the same name as his instagram so yeah thank you so much once again to aki and ryan like really grateful for you guys and i can't thank you enough like once again thank you and thank you so much for you guys who were actually listening to these episodes it means a lot and yeah, that's that's about it. And I'll see you next time. I don't know when, but yeah, I'll see you next time. Bye.